0: listening to the 30 podcast here's your
1: host jazz kang
0: all right welcome to another episode of the 30 busy day with the nba draft We're recording this as the second round is happening a little bit of drama with the lakers they did make a draft pick although uh, if you haven't heard by now that's obviously not going to be there. It's going to end up going to atlanta with the andre hunter at number four uh lots going on with the lakers potentially in the second round trying to grab some picks but we'll get into all that of course, subscribe to our podcast network. We're on Google Play, or pardon me, Google Podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it, we are there. Follow us on Twitter at Lakers SBN. and of course, go to SilverScreenandRoll.com. We got you covered for everything Lakers, including opinions, analysis, stats, you name it. We got it on with me today. A man who's a part of our great podcast and growing network, Jacob Brood. Jacob, what's going on, my man? Uh,
1: nothing. I, I said before we got on, I forgot how slow this uh, NBA draft is. I thought, I was hoping we'd have some second round picks to talk about so it it might happen as we are uh doing this podcast but yeah i i also thought it was funny that uh De- i think it was deandre hunter up there standing with the lakers logo behind him and a lakers hat on when he's been a part of two different trades at this point <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah it's like why do they I, it's kind of stupid to have the, the guys come up and have like the whole hoopla with the Lakers hat and the Lakers logo it's like just give us what we already know is going to happen even though it's not technically official yet we know barring some miracle that this is the way things are going to go down right
1: there's absolutely no reason that he should have that they should have made him put on a Lakers hat like everybody knows that he's not going to the Lakers you don't have to have him put on a thing or a Hawks or a Pelicans hat but like just give him an NBA hat or something like yeah yeah, it's silly to give him a Lakers hat like the generic dude in
0: NBA 2K. Just give him a generic logo and, 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 let, yes. him, and let him be with that. Because I, I don't know. I, I found that kind of weird. And it's, it's awkward, too. I mean, it's good that they discussed the fact that where they're going to end up. But it was a bit uh, bit awkward to see. But, you know, regarding the Lakers. And again, reminding you, of recording this as the second round is happening um, with the Lakers. So the Hawks ended up jumping in, trading for that New Orleans, which is originally the Lakers, anyways, as we've been talking but uh, now it does open up a scenario that the Hawks might be enough space to take, absorb Isaac Bonga, the great Mo Wagner. Jones gets guaranteed they can take him on. That would give the Lakers enough space to pick up a third star, potentially in free agency. What are your thoughts on that? Like they have that remaining cap room. I mean, it could be 23 million, it could be 32 million. Do you think they break the bank for one more star? or Would you like them to maybe look at adding depth instead?
1: Um. I'll start off, I'll say, I mean, again, we mentioned it beforehand, I'm sure everybody saw the Woj tweet that offered absolutely no clarity to the situation about, but basically that Palinka and Griffin, David Griffin, Pelican GM, they agreed to the trade, and when they did, they were going to loop in a third team if it was possible, um, but then it said no third team wanted to wait until late July, and then once Atlanta was brought in today, Polinka was on board, so... I don't know if that means that they're willing to wait or if they're willing to not wait. Um, Offered absolutely no clarity. But what is interesting, the trade that the Pelicans and Hawks did um, included the pick that the Hawks got from the Nets. So basically, for... The Lakers, I mean, I guess the Hawks and Nets could complete that trade first, but you're basically going to end up having to ask four teams to go through some gymnastics to essentially appease the Lakers and let them get max cap space to get another guy. Um, So because of that, I would be very surprised if that many teams would help the Lakers just kind of build a super team over here. so for that reason, I'd be really surprised at this point if they get max cap space. I thought there was a pretty decent ar- argument anyway to not uh, use it all on a third star. There was only a couple guys, probably Kyrie and Kawhi, maybe that I would use the the third uh, or I would use to sign a third superstar. After that, there's just so few guys left on this roster that um, I think they can go and get some some quality role guys and and kind of an. Added benefit um, is, I mean, if they know that they're not going to have max cap space on July 1st or I guess July 6th is when they can execute it, they can go to some of these role players like a Patrick Beverly or, or guys who are on teams that are going to be chasing superstars and go at midnight and offer a contract right away and kind of force the hands of the Clippers and those types of guys to, to hopefully maybe steal a couple of these role players and start building a team that way.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the way to go as well. I mean, obviously, if you want to try and add a third star and do it, but you you're gonna to have to you know fill that in. You saw what happened with the Warriors in in the NBA Finals. Yeah, they had the the injuries, but I mean, they got you know bad things happened to two of their guys, and and you're not the same anymore. They just didn't have the depth to keep up with the Raptors over the course of a seven game series. Uh, of, of course, all things being equal, I do think the Warriors would have beat them in five or six if 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 KD and uh, and Clay were fully healthy, but uh, I, I'm with you. I mean, you got guys like Seth Curry, Danny Green, you mentioned uh Beverly, uh, Bogdanovich out of out of the Indy, JJ Redick, Brooke Lopez. All these guys are gonna be available for for cheaper contracts than when you're looking at trying to get a Kemba Walker or a Jimmy Butler. And and I think that's where you saw what happened with the, the team this year, man. I mean, they were once LeBron got hurt, and obviously you went through the, the Lonzo and, and Ingram stuff, which was kind of afterwards, but I mean they just cratered at that point. And I think you're gonna have to have, let's just say you do have AD. LeBron and Kemba Walker. I think it was huge for Palenka to be able to keep Kyle Kuzma. um, Obviously, with his salary, you know, being about two million dollars, and just the fact that he's actually a quality NBA guy. But uh, who do you have coming in after that? And I I agree with you. I think there's no point in bringing in a third guy if you're going to have scraps from five through twelve.
1: Yeah, and that. I mean, you were going to have to fill them out with the second round picks they might get tonight, and. The uh, minimum guys, which even if you got a couple steals on minimum guys, um, it was always going to be a short a short bench, a really shallow bench. You'd have to really rely on some buyout guys coming in midseason and hopefully clicking right away. Um, I think another added benefit of going for role players, it's something Zach Lowe mentioned, is that it makes it a lot easier to potentially do a midseason trade um, if you have three max guys and a whole bunch of minimum guys you're not really going to be able to um, do any trades in season, unless it's like swapping minimum guys, basically. But if you sign a couple different guys for 10 million here, seven million here, so on and so forth, you can. If you see a piece isn't working, you can kind of swap it out with someone else and try to do it that way. So, I think there's just more versatility, more depth. Um, I mean, LeBron and AD by themselves are going to be. a about as good of a tandem as you're going to have. They complement each other so well that um, you just build a team around those two. Get as many shooters as you can and and just kind of go with those two and try to build the team out the best you can, hopefully better than they did last year. And maybe hopefully they learn that you want to put shooting around LeBron still and not playmaking. Um, and, and you build it out that way. I think it just offers more versatility. And like you said, the Raptors won with depth. They had a great bench. Um, those are the type of things the Lakers need to do around AD and LeBron.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, they should be. I mean, if, if everything goes well according to plan in, in terms of injuries and, and other things that are really luck-based, yeah, if you have AD and LeBron healthy throughout the season, that's at the very least a playoff team. I mean, you were, were including Kyle Kuzma in that. Uh, Alex Caruso will probably be you know on the team if, if, uh, if things work out that way. So, I mean, you do have some guys there. The problem is what we saw with Palenka, and who knows who was pulling the strings more—whether it was Palenka or or Magic. But uh, you know, bringing in the, the guys like Rondo and and uh, Michael Beasley and Lance Stevenson—I mean, that was just a friggin' train wreck, right? We can we we can agree on that. So we want to see them try and at least fill in the team with NBA-ready guys. That's why I'm I'm a, I'm with you on that. Like I I think it would be great. Yeah, you got Kemba Walker. Okay, you got Kemba um, Kyle Kuzma. LeBron James, you got a, you know, maybe another cheaper veteran starting at the, at the center spot, or you look at bringing back a guy like JaVale McGee or something. But I mean, what do you have after that? And that's what the thing is. AD hasn't been shown to be totally durable throughout his career. I mean, he missed a ton of games this year, albeit at the end. The Pelicans were holding him out a little bit more. But, uh, and you saw what happened to LeBron. There's no guarantees, man. He's going to turn 35 in December.
1: And I think both of those guys. Um... They, LeBron played too many games last year for the Lakers, even when he was healthy. You want to h- ideally be able to afford them maybe a game off here or there, or at least fewer minutes, and the Lakers didn't have that luxury last year. The hope would be if you have two superstars now that you could potentially have one sit one night um, a couple times or something like that. But that's another thing you probably couldn't do if you had um, – just three superstars and a bunch of vet minimum guys. So um, it I do agree that with the route they're going now, you take some of the uh, – you're able to rest LeBron and AD more, and, and hopefully injuries aren't as much of a factor. Because, yeah, both – I mean, LeBron, uh, he can fight off father time as long as he can, but eventually it'll catch up to him. Hopefully it'll be a couple years still, but you yeah, have that, and then um, – AD's played I believe above 75 games the last 2 years but before that he was he absolutely had the label as injury prone um, and the the Lakers can't afford again I mean you saw everybody saw how bad it was this past year when um when they when players start going down with injuries it's it's crushing, especially when it's your star players or your guys re- you rely upon. So the Lakers can't afford that, especially when they traded away a lot of the the limited depth they do have. So, yeah, I, it's of the kind of utmost importance, basically, to, to make sure you protect those guys and uh, make sure that you give them the rest they need because I think the West is, is a lot more wide open this year. And... uh Ideally, you have those two primed and ready for a playoff run because I, I think Zach Lowe had it or said it uh, said it best, but, I mean, we saw an Anthony Davis-led team in New Orleans make the playoffs, and we saw a LeBron-led team um, in Cleveland what they can do. So just putting those two together, I, it immediately vaults you into the title picture. Um, so, yeah, you want to be sure that those two are... Are rested and ready. We saw what it did for Kawhi during the playoffs. He They did a whole bunch of the load management stuff, took a whole bunch of jokes for it in Toronto, and then he was absolutely unreal in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, he was fresh and, and ready to go. It's funny, the Lakers are trying to build a super team, and the Suns are trying to do the, the complete opposite of <laughs> you do, uh, get a chance to catch up with some of the moves they've made, trading draft picks, uh, got rid of TJ Warren basically for Dario Saric and and a pick. Uh, so I don't know what the hell Robert Sarver and team was doing over there. But you brought up Kawhi, uh, twenty two games without him. The Raptors played in the regular season. They went seventeen and five. Now, albeit thirteen and zero against non playoff teams, four and five against playoff teams. But I mean, if you want to be able to do the load management and resting, you got to have guys on the team that can carry you to that record of seventeen and five. If you do sit out AD and LeBron.
1: Yeah, and I mean. Speaking of the Suns, they're in the division. You're going to play them four times, and judging by everything they've done this uh, offseason, or this or tonight, basically, they're not going to be any better. So there's ideally four games. I don't know, obviously, when the schedule comes out, but you could potentially be looking at four games right there where you're starting to to rest one or the other and and things like that. So, yeah, those are the types of things where, um, like I said, I mean, we've seen LeBron in the past what he can do in the playoffs. Um, the, his last year in Cleveland was absurd, and he didn't even take time off then, so they they really couldn't afford to rest him much. So, I mean, he can put up a performance like what Kawhi did in the playoffs. Um, he's done it in the past, and if you can get that version of LeBron with Anthony Davis, who is one of the... Uh, Probably two best teammates LeBron's ever had, him or Dwayne Wade. Um, you just gave him one of the best teammates he's ever had. Man, I'm re- I'm, I'm excited for the season. I'm excited to see what we do. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a ton of fun. I, I spent the first, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five hours kind of upset. Maybe not upset, but but mixed feelings about the trade with, we gave away so many of these young guys, but also we have Anthony Davis. And then I went and watched like a 20 minute Anthony Davis highlight video. And I'm like, all right, we're good. I, I want to start <laughs> the season now.
0: Oh, well, he's a, I mean, yeah, he's a freaking beast. I mean, around the hoop, um, he, he's going to score inside. He's going to score outside. He's just, uh, he's a top five, maybe, you know, arguably top five, but definitely, in my opinion, top 10 uh, at the very least in the NBA. And anytime you get a chance to do that, you, you got to make a move. But I mean, when you look at the overall picture of it and, a lot more breaking down today because you think about it. Like David Griffin was right there for the taking for this team too, and and what he's ma- turned that AD trade into a hell of a lot better than what we've seen for most teams when they're giving up a, a bona fide superstar like that.
1: Yeah, I'll try to pull it up real quick, but man, it. I tweeted it tonight. It is rough to see him just executing all these moves just so flawlessly. Um yeah, He's
0: like a ninja. He's he's turning into uh, turning into that dude. He's just bringing like picking up. Asset after asset after asset. And the team they're going to have on the court is still going to be pretty damn good. you got Lonzo, B.I., uh, you know, if he's, if he's totally healthy, both those guys. But obviously you're going to have Zion now. Uh, Josh Hart probably coming off the bench. Uh, Drew Holiday, a hell of a player too. So, I mean, they're, they're looking all right going into next year.
1: Yeah, so they turned Anthony Davis into those, those three players you mentioned. Um, Zion, which isn't included in – well, I guess he wasn't in the AD trade. But the number eight pick. 17 pick and 35 pick this year, and then the three Lakers picks as well. And they got off of Solomon Hill's contract. Um, they have I mean, theoretically, I don't think anybody would go there, but they have enough room for max cap space. Um, this offseason, yeah, I would imagine it's probably going to be used to take on salaries and, and assets. Um, because I I don't think this team will be able to make the playoffs in year 1 but it's going to be a hell of a team and they're incredibly set up for the future um they already <laughs> they've already built around Zion better than I think they ever did again with Anthony Davis and Zion's been a pelican officially for like 3 hours <laughs> um so yeah it it was it's rough watching David Griffin do what he's doing and knowing that he was right there for the taking and the Lakers were just continued to be I guess infatuated with themselves and their their Lakers exceptionalism and went with what they had um because Let's yeah he state, of
0: state. It hasn't hasn't been that exceptional the last six years right yeah. <laughs> we, we can Lakers
1: unexceptionalism <laughs> in the last half decade basically
0: what do you what do you think about uh because i'm I'm watching this too and and I, I mean I know they made uh, they made a lot of mistakes last year. I mean, obviously signing LeBron probably out, outweighs everything else that they did, but they're not signing a 30-year-old LeBron. They're signing a guy who last year for the first time had major health issues. I mean, he missed games because he was injured and that, you know, never really happened p- prior to. Um, but when, I, when I'm looking at, at how, how this team has ran and, and what Jeannie Buss has kind of done when, when she's taken over from things from Jim... Um, is this going to come back to? And I don't know if enough is being talked about it. Like, could the, all the, this move where they gave up all these youngsters and all these first round picks could that come back to to bite them? Dick, do you ultimately think they will, or will they just be like, hey, with the Lakers, we'll figure
1: something out along the way? It certainly seems like they're able to just kind of moonwalk backwards into things. Um, <laughs> because, but yeah, I mean, um, it certainly could come back to haunt them. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was a really steep price, but also you're trading for Anthony Davis in his prime with the knowledge that he's going to re up with you. So you're essentially trading all that for six years of Anthony Davis. And I think you do that every time. Um, Because, I mean, like I said, you just put yourself into title contention. I think, and I was talking to a friend um, about this earlier tonight. I think. Watching Paul George, watching Kawhi Leonard say they wanted to be a Laker for a year, and then it seems like they're going to miss out on both of them, Um, Mm -hmm. I think that kind of played into this Anthony Davis thing. They knew they really couldn't afford to wait and see another free agent leave them, basically. Um, And they certainly couldn't wait until next year when Anthony Davis was a free agent. to go after him and waste half of the time you have with LeBron. So I think that played a role where they basically just went for it and um, kind of picks be damned, future be damned to a certain extent, and and just threw it all on the table and went and got Anthony Davis. That's um, Bill Orham did a QA with The Athletic today, and he had a kind of an interesting quote or or almost story, really, where he was talking about um, the whole narrative that the Lakers front office has been panicking in recent days to um, try to make this trade work. And he said the Lakers aren't panicking about the trade or anything, their ability to open up a max slot. Um he said they basically know whether free the top guys will be interested in him well before the July 6th. And if they are, then they'll work some try to work something out. And if they aren't, they'll move on from there. But he said priority number one was to get Anthony Davis. And then everything after that, he said it, it that kind of set the floor for the offseason. I mean, you have Anthony Davis. Um, so I guess at worst, you have Anthony Davis – lebron and about 20 somewhere between 24 and 27 million dollars in cap space to put guys around him um so in that regard you it's hard to say it was a a loss i mean we get you get anthony davis it's not going to be a loss so um yeah i think that i think they know what they're doing i mean I was unsure for a while because there were just so many stories coming out about from so many different angles that, that weren't great, but now the more we're hearing today, the more it sounds like they know what they're doing. They just basically wanted to go get Anthony Davis first and figure out the rest later, which I can't fault them. I mean, you, if you walk away this offseason with Anthony Davis and a bunch of role players, you certainly did did very well.
0: Yeah, the question is going to be who, who those role players are going to be. Uh, we're going to get into that right after this short break. All right, and we are back. Uh, you were talking about it, Jacob, beforehand about role players. And, and we touched on this a little bit on the top uh, of the pod, but it's funny because you looked at it last year in the, the offseason going back to July 1 when LeBron made it official, or Woj made it official, let's be honest, that LeBron is going to be uh, uh, coming to LA. You have that happen, and then everybody's like, all right, LeBron's going to help lead. Um, Lonzo and and Bi and Kuz and they got a good young core uh, and and they're well positioned to add uh, another big star coming up this year which they obviously did in Anthony Davis but when you're looking at it there's a lot of things that could go wrong with with this approach I mean do you not agree with that?
1: Well yeah I do agree because we saw what type of role players that they <laughs> that they got last year like <laughs> you said um, the hope is I mean optimistically I'm hoping that that was a lot of Magic Johnson's doing. Um, he was certainly the one that was in front of cameras at Summer League saying how they didn't want LeBron so much burden to be on LeBron, but that team made the finals regardless. So I, I don't want to rehash that, but uh, <laughs> regardless, I mean, the hope would be that Magic was the one kind of taking the forefront on all those meetings and whatnot. So, yeah, this this – idea that it's better to sign all these role players hinges on the front office picking the right guys um i mean shooting's going to be a premium um but then again you're not going to have many situations better there's a lot of teams that are opening up cap space but it's a lot of teams that are either superstar chasing or like in Brooklyn, Brooklyn's case, they want to get two max guys, and if they don't, they'll probably have D'Angelo Russell and another max guy, and they're not going to have a ton of cap space. So that's an advantage where the Lakers um, hopefully would have is they can bring in a couple of these kind of high-level role players, um, your Patrick Beverleys, your Danny Greens, your guys like that. Um, I think Robin Lopez is a free agent. Just guys like that who... Um, have been on contending teams before and guys that you can rely on. Um, When, when all the injuries happened last year, you're bringing in Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, Mo Wagner for, for times. And none of those guys were as proven. Maybe Lance was, he played in the playoffs, but he's Lance. So, um, President all those guys Stevenson. Yeah. He made people dance, but yeah. <laughs> not in a great not in a great way at times. And so yeah, all that hinges all this hinges on the front office learning from last year's mistakes and growing. Um I mean it, it it's probably also worth noting that In past years, they did do well kind of on the fringes on those um, minor transactions. Um, They did. I mean, the draft department's always done well. Um, They did trade Lou Williams and got a first-round pick. That was one of the first things they did. Um, They did trade. uh, There's one other trade. Oh, the Jordan Clarkson and, and Larry Nance trade was really good. Yeah, um, it literally got them the space to get LeBron in in the summer. Um, so stuff like that. They've done well on the fringes before. It's just they missed so badly last year that um, it kind of cost them a run. I, I guess in the long run, they got injured anyway. So nothing was going to help. But the hope is that that was a one year thing and that they can learn from that and uh, not do it again. And and surround the team with the shooting that it needs now having said all that one of the only reports about the free agents they're interested in is bringing back rajon rondo so maybe they didn't learn anything from last year
0: <laughs> well, i thought rondo was was okay for for bits and and pieces of the season he I mean, obviously had a couple of massive games that buzzer beater against the celtics in boston um mm-hmm. but if you if you look at that i mean if you do strike out on, on, a, on a third star or, you know, it's not in the cards in terms of the salary cap room. I, I think you've got to look at, if not Rondo, you've got to look at pa- Patrick Beverly, right? And you mentioned that too, like try and strike quick, get them in to put the Clippers in a predicament who are convinced they're also going to get a couple of stars, and that way you're going to get quick agreements from these guys and you're not just picking up the scraps left at the end.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like Bill Orme said, I mean, the Lakers, they're going to know before... 12 a.m. on July 1st, 1201 whether they're going to be have a chance at any of these max guys. Um I don't know that they particularly will. It sounds like Kyrie's going to Boston. Um Or, or Brooklyn you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. Uh sounds like Kawhi probably is Toronto or the Clippers and I mean maybe you have a chance at, at Jimmy Butler's probably the only other one that uh you would be interested in Tobias Harris might be available, but I don't know that they want to spend the cap money on that versus um, spending it on these role guys. So, yeah, I mean, if you can go Jamichael Michael Green's another one from the Clippers, that'd be interesting if you can go up to some of these role players for for some of these teams. um, And on July 1st, kind of put that team. I mean, we saw it firsthand with the Lakers that. They lost guys like Ed Davis and um, people like that. I think Kent Bazemore was a year when they were chasing superstars. Um, they lost those guys because those guys didn't want to wait on the Lakers to eventually miss out on a superstar. Um, so if you can come in with a good offer right away on, on July 1st and start nabbing up some of these role guys um, – I was looking at Brooklyn, Damari Carroll would be a decent fit, Ed Davis, you can bring him back, um, guys like that to build some depth around this team and, and get the kind of the perfect kind of team around LeBron and AD, get it done quickly. Um, you not only help your team, but you're hurting these the, the Clippers and the Nets and the teams like that, that um, particularly the Clippers that you're going to be competing directly with next season.
0: Well, here, here's, a, here, here's a question for you. Because if you look at it and let's just say they... they uh, or Jimmy Butler, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who I don't think will be here anyways. But lo- looking into, into 2020, let's say they go the route of, of trying to get uh, bets and, and they look at the buyout market. I thought Tyson Chandler for the first you know, 10, 15 games was awesome. And they, he, mm-hmm. he bought a, a, a need that the team had that was apparent, you know, behind uh, JaVale McGee and, you know, he went through his injuries and he he was older, uh, kind of broke down as the season wore on. So the buyout market will be, will be an option at some point too. But you look at the 2020 free agents, I mean, you're going to have Draymond Green available. Uh, potentially a guy like Mike Conley, who's obviously getting a little bit long in the tooth, Gordon Hayward, depends on what happens with him, DeMar DeRozan. So w- would that be an option too, is maybe don't use up all of the space necessarily and look to see what you can maybe add to these guys in 2020? Or is it all in right now? Because you got LeBron, you've met, you haven't been guaranteed another two seasons, depending on what he does for his uh, player option in year four.
1: I mean, to me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to preserve any cap space. Um, we saw in the last couple of years that that hurt the Lakers guys don't want to sign one year deals when multiple year deals are available um as, I mean Draymond Green's one of my favorite players to watch as much fun as it would be to have him in l a um i I don't think that you save cap space for a potential run at him. I think you've got your your superstars this year now you commit to having a team. Because I think also when you sign these guys to one-year deals, it's hard to get them to buy in. Um, they're just kind of looking out for their next contract. And they know that in one year they're probably going to be replaced. If you go and sign these guys for two and three years, um, kind of match the length of LeBron's contract, They uh, the Lakers just bought the forty-six pick from the Magic. They have not... Picked yet, but I will keep an eye out on that. But um, if you go in and get these guys under multiple year deals, you can start building um, I don't know if a culture is the right word, but familiarity. And that's important for title teams. And that's something it was something I was going to write about before free agency, but the Lakers kind of made the decision beforehand anyway. But the Lakers. For, to me the Lakers need to be done with this one year superstar chasing one year deal superstar chasing stuff and build a team and commit to a team because otherwise you just have guys looking over their shoulder the whole time and wondering well is LeBron going to trade me or or, st- or am I going to be here next year why should I go dive for that loose ball if I have to have a contract next year and I get hurt and it's going to cost me money yeah. and stuff like that that I think it's hurt the Lakers in recent years. Um, so to me, I would go in with, with your multiple-year offers and and make competitive offers. Don't do what you did with Ty Lu and basically overplay your hand and think that you had all the leverage. Just go in and be competitive, be smart, and wrap up these deals and get these guys um, under contract and in the building and start building a team um, for multiple years that can compete.
0: Yeah, and, and I I always said that a lot during the, the course of the season too on on the podcast that uh, you know they have to eventually look at building some continuity too. You can't just look at hey let's just try and continuously make super teams until we hit it because eventually you're gonna run out of assets. And now you look at it now, it's like they're pretty the cover's pretty bare after this. You know you're not you're not gonna give away much there. The 2022 pick. Um, I think ultimately could be the one that hurts them, depending on LeBron's health at that point, because it's, it'll be un, it could be unprotected if, if, they, uh, if they don't get one through eight in the 2021 year. And that 2022 season is the first draft after the NBA uh, CBA could expire, and you're not going to have the one and done anymore. So you're going to have like basically a double draft at that point. So a lot of the stuff they're doing right now is, is pretty short-sighted, so, and they're hoping it just pays off with the title right away.
1: Yeah, I can't really blame him to a certain extent because LeBron probably doesn't have a whole lot left. Um, They probably needed to do this to a certain extent. But also, I mean, it is short-sighted in some aspect, but like I said earlier, you're going to have AD for six years, at least, through his prime. Um, And as short-sighted as it is now, once LeBron's done... You're going to have all that cap space, plus AD, plus kind of a replenished um, group of assets, basically. You're basically going to have more draft picks back that you can um, hopefully kind of do this all over again. But, I mean, the important thing is that they have multiple multiple superstars that are staggered enough um, in their timelines that the Lakers are going to – Going to have a superstar for at least one, for the next half decade at least, um, probably the next ten years. Once, uh, once Anthony Davis is done, so um, it it would, in a way it was short sighted, um, because they just threw literally every asset, save for Kyle Kuzma, that they could on the table, and to get Anthony Davis, but. I mean, the good news is now you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James and your future is a little more clear now.
0: And just to just to fill people in as well, uh, if you're listening to this and you didn't know by now, uh, Lakers ended up acquiring the 46 pick from uh, the Orlando Magic, uh, the Magic get uh, future pick and some cash. So I will let you know the details of that. So the Lakers uh, picking pretty soon here. Anybody on the board that you you are hoping that they might take or somebody standing out to you that, that you look at as a second rounder that that might be able to contribute. Uh, not, I mean, obviously you're hoping he can turn into a superstar, but, uh, maybe even just a, a role player or a bench guy that might be able to get some minutes.
1: Uh, it was interesting first, while I pull up kind of who's still available, I've had it on mute in the background. Um, I believe the 46th pick is what they used to pick Jordan Clarkson.
0: That's right. Yeah, that is correct.
1: And, uh, so most of the guys that I was kind of interested in have gone, um, in the, last couple of picks. I really like Carson Edwards and I really like Bruno Fernando and they're both gone. It's interesting. Bowl, Bol is still available, but I personally wouldn't pick him. There's a lot of injury concerns there. He's a seven footer. That's had um, foot problems. And that is terrifying to me. Also, he is not great defensively and um, he's really good offensively, but he has a long way to go on both sides. I think what the Lakers need right now are guys who can compete right away. Same reason why I don't think I'd go for Jontae Porter. Um, He and his whole family have had just a wild string of injuries. Um, Obviously, everybody knows Michael Porter. They actually have a sister as well that tore her ACL five times. Oh, man, I didn't didn't know that. Yeah, tore her ACL five times. Um, And... They had a, there's another sister that had to medically retire from basketball. So, I mean, that family is cursed. <laughs> so um, stay away from them. Don't touch them with a passport at this point. Yes, I would be uh, very far from both those guys. As for guys I'd want, um, Shamri Pons is a, he's a really small point guard, but boy, can he score. Um, he was, he was one of the best scoring guards in college last year, but he's also 6'1, 180 pounds. Um, not going to be a particularly big guy and as a result is going to be, um, a liability defensively, but he can provide some scoring. Really, the Lakers just need shooting. Daquan Jeffries is another guy who shot pretty well. He's 6'5", 216. He's quite the opposite of Shamari Ponds. Um, but uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is another one that was high on a lot of people's boards, but he is, uh. He's a bit of a project, and he doesn't shoot particularly well. Um, I mean, to me, what you're looking for in the second round at this point is kind of one true NBA skill, at least in the Lakers um, position, because as while some teams can afford to for these guys to kind of develop, the Lakers basically need these guys to step in and be contributors right away. Um, so I would – put shooting at the top of the list for what they need right now um, and really guards because they just traded just about every wing player they had to get uh, Anthony Davis. Yeah.
0: And that, you know, they need to get somebody who can either shoot or somebody they can just say, all right, this guy with a little bit of, of seasoning and, and maybe even an older senior type guy that you could bring in and, and say, he can, he could play some defense. Cause I mean, you look at their, their defense last year, they had that nice run, uh, when under Luke, when when they had everybody healthy, that they got up to the top seven, I believe it was uh, overall in, in defense in the NBA. And then that kind of, you know, went by the wayside like the rest of the season pretty much well did uh, after Christmas, after LeBron got hurt. Um, what, what else do you think? Where do you think the biggest holes are they're going to have to fill, uh, regardless if they bring in uh, another superstar or not?
1: I mean, positionally, I think that you're going to want. Anthony Davis doesn't like playing center. Um, he'll probably close games there with him at the 5 and LeBron at the 4. Um, so some type of center. Um, probably some somebody that can stretch the floor a little bit. Um, but some type of center that can play. I mean, JaVale, I think, would make a lot of sense. Um, he's athletic, can get up and down. Nerlens Noel is another one that would probably be cheap. Just a guy that's athletic and can kind of play inside and out a bit and move around with Anthony Davis. Um, Like I said, that guy's not going to close the game for you. So that part's not important. It's just somebody that um, is able to take some of the pressure off uh, Anthony Davis. So Anthony AD doesn't have to bang around with your Joel Embiid's and your Mark Gasol's and your guys like that. I mean, I mentioned the other thing is just shooting. I mean, that should be, to me, the top priority, period. It should have been – I mean, we we saw last year, it should have been the top priority last summer. Um, they were just awful. I think Anthony Davis would have been, like, the third best shooter. Yeah. Um, three-point shooter on the team last year. And Lance Stevenson, of all people, I think was number one, and Rondo was number two. Um so basically
0: not the guys you want to have in order to be a successful team being your being yeah. your leaders in three point uh, percentage.
1: I mean, Reggie Bullock, uh, the I would he would be near the top of my list to bring back. Um, I don't think he's gonna be expensive. He didn't look great. Um, he started off really well, but then didn't look great. I think that was kind of a byproduct of just the chaos of the Lakers kind of just whole team at that point. So many guys were coming back from injury and going on to the or like getting injured and and just kind of back and forth. That, um, he was one of the few guys that even kind of survived that second half of the year. Uh Um, so I think in a offense like they'll have, uh, hopefully next year, he's the perfect, he's kind of the Kyle Corver type that LeBron has always succeeded with that can come off screens and and be a knockdown shooter. And I mean, Kyle Corver is another one. He's probably going to be available. Um, I don't, he, he's getting up there in age, but there probably aren't there's it's a very short list of guys that are going to be better shooters. Um, So if you just have a guy who's like Corver that can spot up on the wing or come off screens, even if it's just for 10 or 15 minutes a night, Um, those are the type of guys it'll be interesting to watch kind of going back to centers um, right after we started uh, there was a report that the Suns, who traded for Aaron Baines tonight Mm -hmm. were going to probably buy him out Um, so he would be one that I think would be a really good fit for center um, for the Lakers so him JaVale Nerlens Noel Those types. If we keep Mo Wagner, I mean, he would theoretically be a good fit um, because he's both a big man that can shoot. He was a little disappointing last year in the minutes he did get, but uh, I mean, theoretically, he'd make a lot of sense, too. And I mean, Jamario Jones, I think, would be a really good contributor as well. He can't shoot, but he can rebound, and he showed that I think he has a spot in the league and he can be a contributor off the bench for him, so... Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys available that make sense. It's just, my worry is that the Lakers will get wind that like somebody might be interested, Kyrie might be interested, and then they go and talk to Kyrie and waste time doing that. Um, only for him to have to, or for him to go to Brooklyn and them to miss out on guys again. So, um, I mean, I still, it's, it's. It's such a hard decision because I really like Kyrie. I think he'd fit perfect with them. But if you're signing Kyrie, you're also having to trade Wagner, Jones, and Bonga, and you literally are down to four people on the roster at that point.
0: Yeah, that, that they can't, and I don't, I don't think they're in in position to do that. And that, that's the other thing too. Like you're looking at at centers. Uh, there was some rumors that the Lakers might be interested in bringing Brooke Lopez back. Who knows if he'll, he'll want to do that. But like you mentioned... That, that bridge
1: has been burned, No, burned. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thanks to Magic and his... Uh, and maybe Rob Blanca, whatever his hand in is, it that uh, they thought that Michael Beasley would be able to bring a similar type of skill <gasps> set to, to, to the Lakers. Uh, also, some news coming from the second round of the draft as well. Uh, the Miami Heat have taken bowl-bowl, so he's off the board now. We're talking about centers there. Um, is there it, it, When you look at the big man market I mean JaVale, his name has not been talked about A lot, I do think he's, he's a Decent option, I mean when fully healthy He had that bout with pneumonia that, that Kind of put him out of, uh, out of commission there But I mean overall, he played, he played Pretty well and, and at this point You're looking for somebody who can maybe slot in Next to Anthony Davis for maybe 10-12 minutes a night because like you said They'll probably go small and by, by small I mean having LeBron at the four uh, Just to maybe ease up his workload in terms of the defensive end too
1: I think the Lakers, it's it's kind of harsh to say lucky because of an, an illness, but in a way they got lucky that JaVale got sick because he was playing so well at the beginning of the year, especially defensively, that he probably would have priced himself out of a return to L.A. He probably would have gotten a decent contract. Um, but him, I mean, he got pneumonia. He already has asthma so it made the the matter worse um and i mean pneumonia is no joke it, it took quite a while for him to uh to kind of get back and once he he was back and healthy i mean he looked like javel again um so yeah javel absolutely he might be probably the guy at the top of my list to bring back um especially i mean he's he kind of it's similar to AD in that he's kind of a vertical target, um, a lob threat, really good in the pick and roll. Um, I mean, ideally I think that they're gonna run a fair amount of pick and roll, whether it be LeBron as the ball handler or the whoever the point guard they bring in is, um, they're going to because A D is so good as a roll man and LeBron's so good as a ball handler that I think there's gonna be a lot of that in the offense. Um, and point guard is going to be another big need. I really, I mean, Patrick Beverly would make a lot of sense, like I said, but um, it'll be really interesting to see uh, who they get as point guard because I the market there is a lot more interesting. I mean, we saw last year the Lakers kind of really needed a, a point guard when Lonzo went down and um, could never really find one um, because the free agent market for point guards was so barren um um, i mean I, i know we mentioned rondo i do think he played well um before his last injury i think but he's just such a a bad fit with what you would ideally want to put around lebron and um ad basically he can't shoot um darren collison would be an interesting one
0: yeah, he's one, he's one that I like, and, and I mean, I, I think just with his veteran, his leadership, and he could, he could, he's the capability of actually scoring, you know, 18, 20 points on any given night as well, not to say he would average that, especially on a, on a team like the Lakers, but I mean, he, he's one guy that I really like. Is there anybody in the buyout market you think that might, might come available? Or somebody under the radar
1: as a point guard? Buyout market will be interesting. Um, it, I, I would have to look at some of the guys, I think Kent Bazemore is on an expiring. Um, he would be probably someone that uh, will be bought out from Atlanta. Um, where, I mean, hopefully Phoenix signs someone to a really big one year deal and then cuts them two weeks into the season again, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, because that was <laughs> a I mean, a terrible moves, right? Yeah. Because I mean, that was, uh, that was great. For the Lakers, I thought JaVale was really good, and then they basically had to rely on him too much. Um, so I was trying to pull up, see who was expiring um, this upcoming season. Not, I mean, it's going to be basically wing players that are um, that are going to be the target. I mean, that's usually what it is anyway. Um, yeah, Bazemore's up there. A lot of those 2016 guys are, are coming out off their awful contracts. Alan Crabb, maybe, if he can actually shoot again. Yeah. Um, he would be an interesting one. He's kind of struggled, though. Um, J.R. Smith, maybe. He's probably going to be traded and bought out. or he, I think he has a only a partial guarantee. Um, so he's probably going to be there. Yeah. Um, Marvin Williams was the other one I was thinking of. He would be, a, I think, a pretty good fit. He's going to be in Charlotte, um, who probably won't compete unless Kimba g- comes back, maybe. Uh, the Lakers took Taylon Horton Tucker um, with a 46 pick. He. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? He's a bit more of a project, like I said. Um, he's... He's considered a small forward but he he handled the ball a lot kind of initiated a lot I think for Iowa state um his three point shot is kind of coming along he's six four with a 7'1 wingspan though um oh, wow. and he can, he can guard probably all the way up to power forward um while still kind of being a uh an initiator I don't know he may be able to play some point guard. Um, I mean, he's listed on ESPN as a as a small forward. I'm not sure. He's he's kind of a weird player. It's kind of interesting that the Lakers took him because um, he's kind of an outside the box player. But I do think he's someone that probably will be able to contribute um, right away. He like we were talking. He's an older. Uh, I believe he's an older player. Um, let me see. I had his synergy pulled up. He was, I mean, he was only a 44th percentile um, offensive player last year, but he was an 82nd percentile defensive player. Um, so he was definitely more defense and offense. Uh, but he ran a lot of pick and roll last year, um, if I recall correctly. He was a decent spot up shooter. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's probably someone that's going to be able to come in i think he'll be able to de- defend at an nba level right away um offense will be kind of a work in progress but i would imagine he's probably able to play some point guards so in that regard um he kind of fills a need as a ball handler there
0: and hopefully and like you said hopefully he can he can contribute um uh, to To the team because they're going to need to fill out the back end of the roster, especially as we touched on at the top of the episode. If the Hawks are willing to absorb the contracts of Bonga, uh, Jamario Jones, and the great Mo Wagner, in that case, uh, you're looking at uh, you're looking at a pretty pretty shallow uh, shallow pool of players available for the Lakers. A uh, bit of background on Taylor Horton Tucker. He is uh, six foot four, like you mentioned, a guard. So decent size. Uh, the big thing for him coming in is. Uh, he came in as a, as a freshman uh, with with uh, Iowa State. Um, so, do, do you expect this him to be uh, get any run on, on this squad, or is he just going to be sitting at the end of the bench, uh, being a part of the, the cool celebrations we'll get to see on Twitter at some point?
1: So I'd actually confuse him with someone else in terms of age. He's only eighteen. Yeah, he's younger. Um, yeah, I I had uh, confused him, but yeah, he's still seven one wingspan, eight seven standing reach. Um, I mean, his spot-up jumper is iffy. Um, it's kind of a low release. Probably need a little bit of work. Um, but he's a, he's enough of a ball handler um, that I think he'll be able to come in and contribute. Um, he's an athlete, and, and with a 7-1 reach like that, um, he, he rebound the ball well for a guard, uh, especially for a 6-4 guard. Um, But he's young, which is another thing. Um, He's young, but he'll be able to contribute right away. I don't think... uh, I guess it depends on who all they sign. I don't think he'll be relegated to end of the bench duty. He's uh, kind of a more of a a well-rounded player. Um, I think probably his passing might be one of his better strengths. Um, But his shot is going to need some work, which after we just spent most of this podcast talking about how we need (laughs) three-point shooting, isn't ideal. But it is a really good value pick, I think. I think a lot of people had him a lot higher than uh, 46th. I saw even on some boards that he was a late first-round pick. So um, he'll take some kind of molding to to really develop. But at 18 years old, um, with the physical tools he has, Um, there's something there. Um, He has a lot of talent. It's just a matter of kind of molding it into being a productive player.
0: Yeah, I've read what uh, Mike Schmitz of ESPN, their draft analyst, said. uh, Basically broke down, like you mentioned, 7-1 wingspan, which is uh, basically you can stand up straight and sketch his kneecaps. Uh, That's an impressive feat to try it. And uh, also, okay, so, I mean, this is what it breaks down to. He says, really needs to continue improving his body and decision-making, but the ability is there. Uh, labeled him a first-round talent, too. So m- maybe this is something the Lakers, who have drafted fairly well uh, over the last – maybe they hit a bit – a bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, early – my early indication is that it could be another guy that the, the scouting department really hit on. Um, that was a big thing. I was just hoping that they would be able to give the scouting department chances um, because, I mean, of all the things that have went wrong in the Lakers front office, which is everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was seeing Taylor Taylor and Horton Tucker is apparently a clutch guy as well. Yeah. yeah, uh, right. yeah. Which perfect. Uh, so yeah. And all of the, All of the things that they haven't done well, their scouting and their um, drafting has been... I mean, aside from last year where it sounds like uh, Magic kind of (laughs) took the wheel and made the pick himself, um, it sounds like every other year they've really found talent. Um, I mean, especially in the second round, Thomas Bryant... Think yeah. Zubats was a second rounder. Um, yep. Guys like that, who a lot of other teams overlooked, um, they those they've made a habit of finding those types of guys and turning them into uh, to rotation players. I think this is another one where they uh, where they it. I mean, yeah, like I said, early indication is they found a gym. He'll be a lot of fun on the summer league team too because he's he does a little bit of everything and put a couple of shooters around them and it'll be a a fun summer league team.
0: Yeah. I just hope he doesn't get, I mean, a lot of people start, and and this happens with every team, not just with the Lakers, but the fans start over pumping guys they have in the system. But technically like Isaac Bonga was supposed to be like, give him a chance, give him a chance. And you saw him play. You're like, dude, he's still two (laughs) years away from being two years away. So so let's not get too much of a, of a hype on Taylor uh, Horton Tucker. Although it looks like a good pick. You're going to have to wait about three, four years. Uh, to get a real read on it, uh, Jacob, we'll wrap it up on this one, man. I'm going to ask you this, put you on the spot a little bit. If you look at the Lakers' plans now, free agency about uh, you know ten days away, let's say, um, do the Lakers end up getting that third star, or or do or do you think they'll end up going the uh, ultimately going the depth route? What do you think?
1: I think it'll be the depth route. I think there's uh, too many kind of gymnastics, too many hurdles that they'll have to clear to open up the max cap space. It's doable, as we found out, but it's a lot of teams having to help out the Lakers and I don't see a reason why they would do that. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be the depth route, which isn't the worst thing. And, uh, we'll go in with LeBron AD and hopefully, uh, a deeper kind of starting lineup and bench.
0: Yeah. We'll see what happens. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, I, 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 do believe that they're going to have to, I, I think they should go the way of, of trying to build out the roster and, and go with LeBron and, uh, AD, like you mentioned with those two guys, uh, and the way the West is shaping up conference championship, uh, not out of the question at this point, uh, Jacob, thanks a lot for coming on and doing this, man. I know you're on the East coast, so a little bit late for you, but like you mentioned, you're a night owl and, uh, what else would you be doing at this time anyways? Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd be sitting on here uh, watching the draft anyway. So, yeah, at least <laughs> at least we got to uh, talk about the Lakers and talk about AD.
0: Uh, okay, thanks a lot for doing this again, man. Appreciate it.
1: Yep, have a good one.
0: You too. That's uh, Jacob Rude. You can follow him at Jacob Rude on Twitter. Don't forget to follow us as well at Lakers LakersSBN. Uh, we got you covered on com, our podcast network. You can catch us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. And uh, don't forget to go to silverscreenandroll.com for all your Lakers needs. That does it for this episode. I'll catch you all next time.